Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. Today, I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Benson Hines. That's me. And Benson, this is pretty fun. You were one of my first bosses at Watermark. It's true, and we both survived. (laughs) We survived. But um, you have a really cool job on staff. Yeah, I am what's called director of serving. And I like to say it's as vague as it sounds. But really what it means is that I've been entrusted to really help with the value of serving around Watermark. Lots of people for years and years have been serving in really great ways. And we know that. But at the same time, the elders, I think we're really wise to say, hey, if if we're all supposed to help serving happen well, if it's everybody's job, then maybe it's nobody's job. And so let's give that job to somebody and just give that area a boost by putting it under somebody. And so I get to help both our staff think about how they use volunteers well and how we do ministry through members, as we think the Bible calls us to, and then also get to help with members directly, creating ways for them to find their way to their best and highest use. So yeah, it is a lot of fun. And it's pretty fitting with today's chapter, 1 Peter 4, and your uh, your key verses were 10 and 11, right? Yeah, I think so. All right. You want me to read them? You want to read them? Uh, we could read every verse alternate, every word alternating, <laughs> or uh, yeah, I can read them. All right, cool. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And what I thought, and you and I had kind of chatted by email about this passage, and what I thought I'd look at today is just something that comes up here, and and I think, honestly, it comes up a lot for people who are uh, really interested in reading the Bible, which I know is a lot of your listeners and those of us who are doing the Join the Journey passages together you're reading along, you're reading along in a verse like this, and you come upon something that maybe we could call a new interpretation. You run into something that you've maybe never heard before, or you've never imagined before. Maybe it gets you really excited, maybe it gets you scared, but whatever it is, it feels very new. And there's a lot of Bible challenges. We know that. You cover those well in the podcast a lot. Thanks. But this, sure, but this this one um, fits more in this line of, hey, this is something that I feel like I need to apply, but I've never heard somebody say this before. And in this case, it's it's somebody's reading along and they say, okay, I'm reading and I read, if anyone speaks as oracles of God, what in the world is an oracle of God? Yeah. Uh, If they know, and the trouble may come because they know what kind of the English definition, if you look it up, would be, which is Hey, especially back in, you know, olden, olden times, um, ancient Greek times or whatever, a divine, infallible message given by a prophet. And what someone really well-meaning could do with a verse like this is say, wow, that sounds like a promise. That sounds like God is telling me that if I want to, every time I open my mouth, it could be divine, infallible, perfect prophecies from God. And um, that would be exciting. I mean, if that's what this verse is saying, that would get me fired up. And yet, I think there's something we can do when we're reading along and we get a really great thought before we go stick that on Instagram and tell everybody what we think it means, or we make that the backdrop on our phone so we can always remember, hey, I'm an oracle speaker. I'm an oracle speaker. Um, maybe we can do something different when we 
when we receive or we see what we think is a promise or a new sort of interpretation of Scripture. So what should we do? Uh, I, as I thought through what I hope I would do and what, what I'd encourage others to do, first I'd say you pause. You gotta, you gotta pull in some humility here to say, hey, one, my interpretation, uh, my understanding isn't something worth leaning on. Uh, and, and two, hey, if I'm seeing something new, there's a good chance somebody has seen it before. And I may need to look around for other people because scholars and Bible readers and people who love the Lord, both, both trained academically and then just untrained lovers of the Word, have been reading the Bible for centuries and centuries. And it's unlikely that I'm stumbling upon something that nobody's ever thought about. And, and so that, that just pause and then pray. Pray for clarity. Pray for teachability. Hey, I may be really zealous about what I think this verse is saying, but let me let, me let God teach me and make sure that's really what's going on. And then third, I would say investigate. Uh, you can begin by looking at context. You can look at what other translations have done with a verse. That can be really helpful. You can talk to people who you know have been studying the Bible longer or, you know, in some cases, you have gone deeper with it than you have. And, and then you certainly can grab a good commentary or two or three and say, God, what have you shown other people who may be devoted a lifetime to studying these passages? Are they picking up what I'm seeing or do they take it in a different direction? And then sometimes it's pondering. Sometimes it's saying, okay, before I go call five of my friends and tell them this new revelation God has given me, maybe I just sit with this for a day or a week or a month, and I say, God, show me what you want to show me. And I'm going to be very careful before I assume I need to apply something to my life that, again, sounds like nothing I've ever heard before. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and when you say heard before, you mean— in the rest of Scripture, yeah. in church, amongst other believers. Yeah. Is that, flesh that out a little bit. Great. Yeah. Well, one, if it doesn't line up with anything I've read in Scripture, and I've read a lot of Scripture in that case, you'd, you'd have to say, okay, I, I need to figure out how this fits with the rest of what I've seen. You know, that I, you know, in this case, you don't see a whole lot, even in the New Testament, even when God seems to have been doing some really miraculous things, even with people's words, you nowhere else see somebody talking like every time somebody opens their mouth, it can be this sort of divine utterance in that sort of way. And so that that should at least cause you to pause. Mm-hmm. And then when you start saying, hey, I've been around people who love the word and they don't go around talking like every word they say is, again, equal to Bible, mm-hmm. um, that they don't, they, and, and so before I say, you know, in my case, I'm going to take the Benson version, I need to, I need to further investigate what's going on here because, um, yeah, it, it should just cause me to pause. If it feels like a new interpretation, it might be so new it's not true. Mm, that's really good, Benson. So what do you do with that phrase, oracles of God? How did how do we how should we make sense of it? Great. So uh, we do uh, what I would suggest or what I suggested. One, you pause and then you pray, and then when you look at the context here, so you move into investigate, and you look at the context here. And one, you see that the context is about stewarding gifts. That's what it says in verse ten. It's specifically saying, "Hey, these special gifts you've received from the Lord. In this case, speaking gifts." Uh, use those. And so it's at least not saying, hey, every time you open your mouth, hey, every when you're cheering on your kid's soccer game, that you're going to be using these, this sort of— um, Voice of God. Yes, voice of God. Uh, and so that, that gives us some, some help. 
Then second, you can look at the parallel. A lot of times the Bible uses kind of parallel passages, and you can say, okay, whatever this means, it's the next line, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, maybe these have something to do with each other. They may not mean exactly the same thing, but at least it puts us in the ballpark. And so you look at that. And then you look at other Bible translations, like I said. And in this case, several do use oracle. Though, you know, if you if you see what the Greek says, I mean, it's logia theu. It is these sort of special words of God. But um, old, old New American Standard said utterances of God. The NIV says as one who speaks the very words of God. So you may still at that point say, hey, this sure sounds like some kind something real special is going mm-hmm. on here. But then for me, I, I looked at some commentaries. And you you know that I am a commentary connoisseur. He is. Uh, but you don't have to be that to get a hold of one or two. And like I said, talk to others who may have access to some of those resources too. But when you look at those, most scholars don't believe this means anything like you're speaking divine, inerrant messages. But at the same time, Some of them are kind of unclear, and I like the way one guy described it. I, Howard Marshall, said, um, what was clearly willing to wonder. He says, Peter's meaning, however, is not absolutely clear. Does he mean that the speaker in church, using his gifts, is actually conveying divine revelations to the congregation, or that the speaker is to behave in the same way as one who is conveying divine oracles? And he kind of goes through the options, and he says, this is a tough passage. Mm I don't like tough passages. I am not wired to enjoy a difficult passage or or read through something and say, I don't know exactly what this means and I'm going to have to sit with it. And I have learned to appreciate that God puts us in that tension and we don't know why, that we do believe his word is inerrant and infallible. And at the same time, he has not allowed our interpretations to be. Hmm. And that's a toughie for me. But I appreciate that I Howard Marshall goes on there, and this is where you'd make the turn from investigate to apply whatever is clear. He ends up saying, we can conclude that if a person receives a message from God, he or she is obligated to be faithful in transmitting it. Hmm. And so whatever else this means, whatever level of oomph you want to place behind that oracles, one, we, there's there's a lot of reason not to believe that it's saying, um, and, and I don't believe that it's saying that it's anything, obviously, it's not equivalent to Bible. We know that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what we do know is it's saying you better treat it special, hmm. that you better treat it faithfully. And coupled with that next verse where it says, serve with the strength God supplied, what it's really saying is, hey, if anyone has a gift, do it with as a good steward, verse 10 says. And what stewardship looks like is looking like you're called and looking like you're using God's capacity or looking like you're really being intentional and you're doing it with God's kind of impact or saying, I'm going to do this, whether I'm speaking or I'm serving, I'm doing it with God's purposes and I'm doing it with God's provision because as it goes on, everything's supposed to point to God. Mm, that's so helpful, Benson. I think uh, to wrap us up, because we are out of time, but um, I think whenever I see someone, whether they're um, serving in a specific way or speaking or teaching in a specific way, uh, it's always helpful to just test it up against the rest of Scripture. Mm-hmm. 
you you do this so well. What does the rest of the Bible say about this message or this behavior? And I think that can be a, an anchoring checkpoint in those unknowns when I'm like, man, people have differing views about how to understand these words. Uh, what do I see throughout the rest of Scripture? And uh, there's a lot that is clear we can cling to in the midst of some unknowns. Yeah, for sure. And helpful. if something feels so new and you can't find it backed up anywhere in Scripture— uh, that interpretation that you've attached to it, it, it's worth really saying, hey, I need to take this really slow. Mm, so wise. Benson, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing. And I am so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help. 